European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 44, Issue 28, Focus Issue, Epidemiology, Prevention and Healthcare Policies, by Editor-in-Chief, Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Cardiovascular and Dementia Prevention, Role of Scores, Diet and Rehabilitation. This focus issue on epidemiology, prevention and healthcare policies contains the special article Global Perspectives on Heart Disease Rehabilitation and Secondary Prevention A Scientific Statement from the Association of Cardiovascular Nursing and Allied Professions ACNAP, European Association of Preventative Cardiology EAPC, and International Council of Cardiovascular Prevention and Rehabilitation ICCPR. The authors point out that cardiovascular disease, or CVD, is a leading cause of death, morbidity, disability, and reduced health-related quality of life, as well as economic burden worldwide, with some 80% of disease burden occurring in the low- and middle-income country, or LMIC, setting. With increasing numbers of people living longer with symptomatic disease, the effectiveness of accessibility of secondary preventative and rehabilitative health services have never been more important. Whilst LMICs experience the highest prevalence and mortality rates, our global approach to secondary prevention and cardiac rehabilitation, which mitigates this burden, has traditionally been driven from clinical guidelines emanating from high-income settings. This contribution provides a contemporary global perspective on CVD rehabilitation and secondary prevention. Dementia is a major global challenge for health and social care in the 21st century. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled Modifiable Cardiovascular Risk Factors and Genetics for Targeted Prevention of Dementia, Ida Jul Rasmussen and Ruta Freker Schmidt from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Denmark point out that a third of individuals greater than 65 years of age die with dementia and worldwide incidence numbers are projected to be higher than 150 million by 2050. Dementia is, however, not an inevitable consequence of old age. 40% of dementia may theoretically be preventable. Alzheimer's disease, or AD, accounts for approximately two-thirds of dementia cases, and the major pathological hallmark of AD is accumulation of amyloid beta. Nevertheless, the exact pathological mechanisms of AD remain unknown. CVD and dementia share several risk factors, and dementia often coexists with cerebrovascular disease. From a public health perspective, prevention is crucial, and it is suggested that a 10% reduction in prevalence of cardiovascular risk factors could prevent greater than 9 million dementia cases worldwide by 2050. Yet this assumes causality between cardiovascular risk factors and dementia and adherence to interventions over decades for many individuals. Using genome-wide association studies, the entire genome can be scanned for disease-stroke-trait-associated loci in a hypothesis-free manner, and the compiled genetic information is useful not only for pinpointing novel pathogenic pathways, but also for risk assessments.
This enables identification of individuals at high risk who are likely to benefit the most from targeted intervention. Further optimization of the risk stratification can be done by adding cardiovascular risk factors. Additional studies are, however, greatly needed to elucidate dementia pathogenesis and potential shared causal risk factors between CVD and dementia. Score 2 has been shown to be an excellent tool in the assessment of cardiovascular risk in subjects without prior overt CVD. In a clinical research article entitled Score 2 Diabetes 10-Year Cardiovascular Risk Estimation in Type 2 Diabetes in Europe The Score 2 Diabetes Working Group and ESC Cardiovascular Risk Collaboration develop and validate a recalibrated prediction model Score 2 Diabetes to estimate the 10-year risk of CVD in individuals with Type 2 Diabetes mellitus or T2DM in Europe. Score 2 Diabetes was developed by extending Score 2 algorithms using individual participant data from four large-scale datasets comprising greater than 229,000 participants, greater than 43,500 CVD events, with T2DM and without previous CVD. Sex-specific competing risk-adjusted models were used including conventional risk factors, i.e. age, smoking, systolic blood pressure, total and HDL cholesterol, as well as diabetes-related variables, i.e. age at diabetes diagnosis, glycated hemoglobin, or HbA1c, and creatinine-based estimated glomerular filtration rate, or EGFR. Models were recalibrated to CVD incidence in four European risk regions. External validation included 217,036 further individuals, 38,602 CVD events, and showed good discrimination and improvement over score 2. C-index change from 0.009 to 0.031. Regional calibration was satisfactory. Score 2 diabetes risk predictions varied several-fold depending on individuals' levels of diabetes-related factors. The authors conclude that SCORE2 diabetes, a new algorithm developed, calibrated and validated to predict 10-year risk of CVD in individuals with T2DM, enhances identification of individuals at higher risk of developing CVD across Europe. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial Alar Schrieden and Julia Ferranini from the Karolinska University Hospital in Sweden and Julia Ferranini from the Diabetes Research Group EV at Munich Helmholtz Center in Germany. The authors conclude that what the practicing physician can never forget is that the final recommendation must be based on individual considerations, which are dependent on personal experience and common sense. This brings us back to the Oracle of Delphi and her predictions, which may, as is the case with the ultra-modern score 2 diabetes, be misleading if not seen in a greater perspective and interpreted with cautious wisdom. We should seek to strive for this broader, personalised context with the central role of score 2 diabetes probably working best if it could be further developed as a living risk engine, factoring in potentially new and known missing diabetes-related risk factors as they become available.
The Prospective Urban Rural Epidemiology, or PURE, is a large multi-continental study. A healthy diet is an important component of CVD prevention. In a clinical research article entitled Diet, Cardiovascular Disease and Mortality in 80 Countries, Andrew Mont and colleagues from McMaster's University in Toronto, Canada, developed a healthy diet score in greater than 147,000 people from the general population from 21 countries in the PURE study, and the consistency of the associations of the score with events was examined in five large independent studies from 70 countries. The healthy diet score was developed based on six foods, each of which has been associated with a significantly lower risk of mortality, i.e. fruit, vegetables, nuts, legumes, fish and dairy, mainly whole fat, range of score 0 to 6. The main outcome measures were all-cause mortality and major CVD. During a median follow-up of 9.3 years in pure, compared with a diet score less than or equal to 1 points, a diet score of greater than or equal to 5 points was associated with a significantly lower risk of mortality, hazard ratio, or HR 0.70, CVD, HR 0.821, myocardial infarction, HR 0.86, and stroke, HR 0.81. In three independent studies in vascular patients, similar results were found, with a higher diet score being associated with significantly lower mortality, HR 0.73, CVD, HR 0.79, myocardial infarction, HR 0.85, and a borderline lower risk of stroke, HR 0.87. Additionally, in two case control studies, a higher diet score was associated with a significantly lower first myocardial infarction, odds ratio or OR 0.72, and stroke, OR 0.57. A higher diet score was associated with a significantly lower risk of death or CVD in regions with lower than with higher gross national incomes. P for heterogeneity less than 0.0001. The PURE score showed slightly stronger associations with death or CVD than several other common diet scores, P being less than 0.001 for each comparison. The authors conclude that a diet comprised of higher amounts of fruit, vegetables, nuts, legumes, fish and whole fat dairy is associated with lower CVD and mortality in all world regions, especially in countries with lower income where consumption of these foods is low. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Darius Mozafarian from the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. Mozafarian ends by noting, as the authors appropriately conclude, while the findings from PURE are largely consistent with the nutrition science and modern dietary recommendations to focus on protective foods, the public's understanding of healthy eating and relevant global policies have not yet caught up to this science. It is time for national nutrition guidelines, private sector innovations, government tax policies and agricultural incentives, food procurement policies, labelling and other regulatory priorities, and food-based healthcare interventions to catch up to the science. Millions of lives depend upon it. In a clinical research article entitled 
loneliness, traditional risk factors, and cardiovascular disease in diabetes. Lu Qi and colleagues from the Tulane University School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine in New Orleans, Louisiana, USA, investigate the prospective associations of the loneliness and social isolation scales with CVD risk in diabetic patients and compare the relative importance of loneliness and social isolation with traditional risk factors. Also, the interactions of loneliness or isolation with the degree of risk factor control in relation to CVD risk were evaluated. A total of greater than 18,000 participants diagnosed with diabetes from the UK Biobank were included. A two-item and three-item scale were used to assess loneliness and isolation levels respectively. During a mean follow-up of 10.7 years, greater than 3,247 total CVD incidents were documented. In a fully adjusted model, compared with participants with the lowest loneliness score, 0, HRs for CVD were 1.10 and 1.25 for participants with a loneliness scale of 1 and 2 respectively, P for trend being less than 0.001. No significant associations were observed for social isolation. Loneliness ranked higher in relative strength for predicting CVD than the lifestyle risk factors. Significant additive interaction between loneliness and the degree of risk factor control on the risk of CVD was observed, P for additive interaction equaling 0.005. Chi et al. conclude that among diabetic patients, loneliness, but not social isolation, is associated with a higher risk of CVD and shows an additive interaction with the degree of risk factor control. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Kai Karl, Britta Stapel and Ivo Heitland from the Hanover Medical School in Germany. The authors note that overall, there is an abundance of data demonstrating a considerable effect of social isolation and loneliness on CVD risk in the general population and, in particular, in vulnerable cohorts. As the study by Chi and colleagues has shown, Perceived loneliness constituted a stronger predictor of CVD risk in patients with diabetes than classical lifestyle risk factors, such as physical activity, diet and drinking, that are routinely incorporated into cardiovascular risk assessments. From that perspective, it seems appropriate to incorporate assessments of social isolation and loneliness into standard clinical care when treating CVD risk cases or CVD patients. There are programs and interventions in place that have been demonstrated to improve measures of social isolation and loneliness in the general population across their lifespan. To allow patients with a heightened CVD risk that suffer from social isolation and loneliness to benefit from these programs, it is required that clinicians are aware of the problem first. Cardiac troponins are the prototypical biomarkers in the assessment of CVD. Cardiac troponin T and I can be measured using a number of high-sensitivity, or HS, assays. In a clinical research article entitled High-Sensitivity Troponins and Mortality in the General Population, John McAvoy and colleagues from the University of Galway School of Medicine and National Institute for Prevention and Cardiovascular Health from Ireland 
aim to characterize correlations between four such assays and test their comparative associations with mortality. Among adults without CBD in the 1999-2004 National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey, HS-troponin-T was measured using one assay, Roche, and HS-troponin-I using three assays, Abbott, Siemens and Ortho. Cox regression was used to estimate associations with all-cause and cardiovascular mortality. Pearson's correlation coefficients comparing concentrations from each assay range from 0.53 to 0.77. There were greater than 2,000 deaths, 488 cardiovascular, among almost 10,000 participants. Each HS-troponin assay was independently associated with all-cause mortality. HR 1.20 for Abbott HS-troponin-I, HR 1.10 for Siemens HS-troponin-I, HR 1.23 for Ortho HS-troponin-I, and HR 1.31 for Roche HS-troponin-T. Each HS-troponin assay was also independently associated with cardiovascular mortality, HR 1.44 to 1.65. Associations of HS-troponin-T and all-cause and cardiovascular mortality remain significant after adjusting for HS-troponin-I. Furthermore, associations of HS-troponin-I remain significant after mutually adjusted for HS-troponin-I from the other individual assays. The authors conclude that this study demonstrates only modest correlations between HS-troponin-T and three HS-troponin-I assays, and that HS-troponin-I assays can provide distinct risk information for mortality in the general population. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by James DeLemos and Jarrett Berry from the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center in the USA. The authors conclude that troponins have emerged as powerful tools for risk stratification in the general population, the study by McAvoy et al. demonstrates important prognostic value for multiple troponin assays and provides provocative new insights into potential differences among assays that require confirmation and deeper exploration. Implementation studies are needed to determine how best to incorporate troponin testing into preventative cardiovascular care pathways. Due to growing environmental focus, plant-based diets are increasing steadily in popularity. Uncovering the effect on well-established risk factors for CVD, the leading cause of death worldwide, is thus highly relevant. In a meta-analysis entitled Vegetarian or Vegan Diets and Blood Lipids, Meta-Analysis of Randomized Trials, Caroline Koch and colleagues from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Denmark conduct a systematic review and meta-analysis to estimate the effect of vegetarian and vegan diets on blood levels of total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol, triglycerides, and apolipoprotein B. Studies published between 1980 and October 2022 were searched for using PubMed, Embase, and references of previous reviews. Included studies were randomized controlled trials that quantified the effects of vegetarian or vegan diets versus an omnivorous diet on blood lipids and lipoprotein levels in adults over 18 years. 
Estimates were calculated using a random effects model. 30 trials were included in the study. Compared with the omnivorous group, the plant-based diets significantly reduced total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol and apolipoprotein B levels with mean differences of minus 0.34 millimoles per litre, minus 3.0 millimoles per litre and minus 12.92 milligrams per deciliter respectively. The effect sizes were similar across age, continent, duration of study, health status, intervention diet, intervention program and study design. No significant difference was observed for triglyceride levels. The authors conclude that vegetarian and vegan diets are associated with reduced concentrations of total cholesterol, LDL cholesterol and apolipoprotein B, effects that are consistent across various studies and participant characteristics. Plant-based diets have the potential to lessen the atherosclerotic burden from atherogenic lipoproteins and thereby reduce the risk of CVD. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Kevin Mackey from the Indiana University School of Public Health Bloomington and Carol Kirkpatrick from the Idaho State University, USA. The authors conclude that the results reported by Koch et al. add to the body of evidence supporting favourable effects of healthy vegan and vegetarian dietary patterns on circulating levels of LDL-C and atherogenic lipoproteins, which would be expected to reduce CVD risk. While it is not necessary to entirely omit foods such as meat, poultry and fish-seafood to follow a recommended dietary pattern, reducing consumption of such foods is a reasonable option for those who prefer to do so. Observational studies show inconsistent associations of red meat consumption with CVD and diabetes. In a translational research article entitled Red Meat Consumption, Cardiovascular Diseases and Diabetes A Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis Wen Ming Shi and colleagues from the University of Hong Kong in China conducted a systematic review and meta-analysis to summarise the evidence concerning the associations of unprocessed and processed red meat consumption with CVD and its subtypes, coronary heart disease, or CHD, stroke and heart failure, T2DM and gestational diabetes mellitus, or GDM, and to assess differences by sex and setting, Western versus Eastern. Two researchers independently screened studies from PubMed, Web of Science, Embase and the Cochrane Library for observational studies and randomised control trials published by the 30th of June 2022. 43 observational studies for CVD and 27 observational studies for diabetes were included. Red meat consumption was positively associated with CVD, HR 1.11 for unprocessed red meat, and 1.26 for processed red meat, CVD subtypes, T2DM and GDM. The associations with stroke and T2DM were higher in Western settings with no difference by sex. The authors conclude that unprocessed and processed red meat consumption are both associated with higher risk of CVD, CVD subtypes and diabetes with a stronger association in Western settings but no sex difference. Better understanding of the mechanisms 
is needed to facilitate improving cardiometabolic and planetary health. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Ramon Estruc, Emilio Ross, and Rosa Lamuela Raventos from the University of Barcelona in Spain. The authors conclude that despite the large amount of literature on this issue, the relationship between red meat consumption and main health outcomes such as CVD events or cancer incidence is still an open question. In addition to genetic variables of the individuals, there are so many external variables that may influence the results that we need the help of new tools for analysis of big data using artificial intelligence, machine learning and deep learning techniques. These analyses should integrate several risk factors such as food intake, dietary pattern, biomarkers and omics measurements, physical activity and sleep pattern, wearable sensors, clinical history, laboratory reports, microbiome, genetic variants and socio-demographic data. This would be a huge amount of work to probably conclude that the best healthy lifestyle is the Mediterranean diet with inclusion of a low to moderate consumption of white and red meat. Meat production is considered as a big contributor to greenhouse gases and leaves a large environmental footprint, so that meat in general is one of the less sustainable foods. However, the Mediterranean diet, in which red meat and processed meat consumption decreases with increasing adherence, but is still a relevant source of energy even in those more compliant, is an eco-friendly dietary option judging by resource consumption and greenhouse gas emissions. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled, Iron Deficiency as a Promoter of Cadmium-Induced Cardiotoxicity, Anna Sirovic and Alexandra Sirovic and colleagues from the University of Belgrade in Serbia comment on the recent publication Iron Deficiency and Cardiovascular Disease by Gianluigi Savarese from the Karolinska Institutet in Stockholm, Sweden. Savarese et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will be of interest to its listeners.